Hello, and welcome to episode 142 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. Today is Stonks. Stonk. So we're going to talk about uh, some cards we bought or tried to buy. Tried to buy. <laughs> and uh, answer like a, a, a finance question or two. Yeah, just... we had kind of like planned on having a finance video this week. And then there was a question in Discord having to do with finance. So we're going to kind of lump that together and then maybe talk about a little bit of the weirdness that happened this weekend. Um, there's some stuff I saved for the show that we didn't talk about in pre-show that I don't think you're aware of. So, Oh, man. I'm probably not then. Yeah. So I think we'll just kind of have a conversation about finance. Sounds good. Well, if you want to... Uh... Get at us about your uh, great card wins. You can tweet us at Casual Tripod. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know how long Facebook is going to be down for, but uh, as of recording, there's no Facebook right now. So uh, once it comes back, you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can email us, show at CasualTryhardMTG.com. Being a finance episode, if you're looking to pick up any of the cards that we're talking about or any specs of your own, we would appreciate it if you used our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after using that link, we'll get a cutoff to help keep the show going. Or if you guys want to support us more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Throw a couple bucks in the pot, you get access to our pre-show, you get access to our show notes. And once in a while, I send you something cool in the mail. So jump in there, throw us a couple bucks. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you get some cool swag out of it at some point. Yeah. We also have our YouTube channel, uh, Casual Triad MTG on YouTube. Uh, Brian's been putting up some draft videos. There's a bunch of them up there. Um, some of them are pretty sweet. You should check them out. I think, we're, I think we're done. I've got one more to upload that I already have done. So that gets us to... Uh, yep release day of the podcast i think i've released one almost every weekday since the pod since the set went live awesome so i think we're on 14 or 15 at this point and i'll do a couple more we've hit we've hit a dry spell we've had like uh, four stinkers in a row which just Hmm. is so painful just like (laughs) i'm doing really well i haven't spent ah there's there all my gems are gone hemorrhaging gems hemorrhaging gems but yeah, they're there. We're yeah. we're trying to like, uh, you know, show show the format off a little bit, though it is a little repetitive. <laughs> That's right. From what I hear, standards a little repetitive too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have our Discord. Um, if you're interested in chatting with us or asking questions or having us take a peek at your limited pool or deck building advice or you know whatever you got, hop on over to Discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media. Join in the conversation. Yes. All right. So with all of this, mm-hmm. we had a question from the one, the only, the chat man. The chat man. Right. And uh, the question was, what are your thoughts on the lack of financial value of the Midnight Hunt set. I just watched the Booster Box game vid on Tolarian Community College, and it was amusing. <laughs> did was... you watch the professor's box opening for Midnight Hunt? I did not. I All I do know is that, like, shortly after, like, release, the 
uh, EV on a box yeah. was like almost exactly the price of a box. Yeah, it was abysmal. Right, like usually it's higher because pre-release prices are like usually like kind of artificially high. Yep. And these were just like, nope, a box is $100. The EV or the box is like $105 retail or something. EV is exactly $102 or something. It's like almost perfect. And you just lose money because if you opened $102 worth of cards, yeah. uh, the rake when you sell them right. is uh, like, all, like you can't turn a profit that way. Yeah, you lose because you have to pay shipping. You pay, you know, wh- where however you're going to sell them is going to take a cut. So you lose that way. Um, you lose using PayPal. Like they get you from from all sides coming and going. So yes. So yeah, like just out of the out of the box or out of the jump, like you were just down. Now you weren't down like Icoria. Yeah. When I picked up my boxes and you were like. You know the EV on that box is eighty dollars. I was like, oh, <laughs> dear God. I mean, it wasn't much off. Um, the EV's kind of stabilized a little bit now, but he, like going into this weekend, it was it was bad. Yeah. So I think that it's becoming more and more obvious that like you just can't like as a consumer, mm-hmm. you can't open boxes of cards and expect to like come anywhere close to like quote unquote even no um kind of the running theme for the last few episodes has been magic is changing and we need to embrace it (laughs) yes and i keep telling myself that because the way i used to approach a set release is very different than how I need to start approaching set releases. Like I used to buy a booster box and then play pre-release all weekend in between price support and the pre-release kits and the booster box that I bought. I would almost have everything that I would need for that standard season. Like maybe occasionally I have to buy a couple singles, but for the most part, I really wouldn't need to spend any more money. And number one, I don't think you can do that anymore. And number two, you're even if you could do it, you're kind of just hemorrhaging money at that point. Yeah. So why why don't you think you can do it? What what has changed about that? Um. Well, one thing that you know we've kind of talked about in the past is that all these different versions make it really hard to have like consistent playsets in your deck, which for somebody that you know is looking to do the best that I can, I'm looking for all of those small edges and, you know, having four different versions of one standard legal rare is, uh, when you have a chance to open all of them in your booster packs, I think when I was going through my inventory for this set, I had four rares, four different rares where I had four different versions of each rare. Yay. Yeah, so I had play sets, but they're all different. Yeah, I was. Which, I this is what I thought you were gonna say, and I just remember like when you uh, murderous writer, and you yeah. had like the regular one, a foil one, and yeah. like a showcase one, and it's like I don't have any. <laughs> I just yeah. don't. I don't have any of these cards. Like this is awful. Right. 
So yeah, you're still so far away from getting a playset. Yeah. And like with all the multiple versions, right? Like I was selling some cards this weekend. Like mm-hmm. you go through and you're just like, oh, there's only like one desirable version. So on one hand, that's good if you're going to buy the single. If you're like, I just want access to this card for the cheapest way possible. Mm-hmm. But it also just like if you open any of the not desirable versions. Yeah. Then what do you do? Like, like you just kind of take a bath on the pack and you're just like, oh, well, I guess I didn't open one of the cool ones. Mm-hmm. So I opened a foil, but it wasn't the full art foil. So. Yeah. Like boom. that's the thing is like even not counting foils, you have the regular magic card that we've always had. You have extended art cards you have showcase cards and then we've also been getting like random other showcase cards like this set has showcase frame and the like black and white frame in addition to extended art and normal so that's four different version like card treatments and that's not even including foils yeah it's just too it ends up being like too much and you have the thing where like like, for Modern Horizons 2, I was like, oh, like, some of the reanimator pieces are cheap, and that's kind of a deck I would play, so cool. And I was like, oh, I want a full art persist to yeah. go with. Like, I'm willing to spend the a little bit extra for, like, a, for the, like, unmarked grave, this mm-hmm. full art. I want a full art persist. And I was like, yeah, we didn't make a full art persist. persist. We only made the sketch version. Yeah. And it was like, Cool. I guess I'll get the regular. <laughs> yeah. Now I'll get the regular version of Unmarked Grave because yeah. I don't want to have that like weirdness in the deck. Yep. So cool. I guess we're doing that now. Yeah. And then you also have stamped cards. Yeah. So you get pre release right. promos, promo pack promos. Um, they're coming back with like store championship promos, which are going to have a different stamp on them. So. I don't know. Which, it <laughs> which apparently only two matching playsets of each of these cards will exist in the world. Yeah. Because they're like the top 8 gets the a uh, a card stamped with your store's name on it. Yeah. And it's like cool. So if I want these to match, you you cannot have them match. <laughs> awesome. Awesome cuz there are 8 of them in the world. Yeah. Cool. Or, like, I guess I just have to hope that, like, you have to hope that, like, your card store is just, like, called the game shop. Right. And there Something are, like, very generic. And there are, like, <laughs> 27 the game shops that you could maybe find some from. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, like, come on. Yeah. So it's that also does... hard, like, because there's so many different products. Like, what yeah. do you even buy? Like, if you're going to buy a booster box of a set, what do you even buy? Do you buy a set booster box and like hope, like pin your hat on like, you know, getting extra rares in a pack and maybe some sweet list cards? Or do you buy a draft box and save a couple bucks? Or do you buy a collector box and really roll the dice? And then like on top of that, like things are coming out so fast, like you can't buy a booster box. Like if you bought a booster box of every set that came out this year, you'd be buying a booster box like every other month or more, more or more. Yeah. Um, 
it is hard with like the just the amount of of product coming out it is it is too hard to keep track and like another thing you mentioned like the list mm-hmm. and i think there's also um an issue with um like the list and like secret layers mm-hmm. is all right so i had four foil uros just the regular version of uro right yeah. now they weren't the like the super desirable full art version, but they were mm-hmm. they still should be worth a pretty penny. Mm-hmm. And well, what did they do? They released a secret layer of Uro right. with Uro in it. So now I have like the fourth most desirable version <laughs> of like my my Uros. So they're worth less money. So yeah. there used to be a time where like you could get a non-reserve list card and feel like pretty confident that its price wasn't going to fluctuate too, too much. It would probably creep up. Yeah. Now they just come up with like secret layer transformers and your Euro is suddenly, I don't know, like sound wave or something. Yeah. And like, no, that's the Euro that everybody wants is the sound wave Euro. And it's like, Oh, I guess I just kind of like got hosed because I held this for too long. Yeah. And it's much it, it's just so much harder because like think about um through the breach i remember having this conversation with like anthony i was like okay look like if you get your through the breaches because he was trying to like play like breach titan yeah right it's like okay if you get your through the breaches then that's a hard card for them to reprint because like arcane is like weird yeah and, wizard like, says hold my beer yeah and then they're just like okay we're gonna like print it as like you know we're just gonna throw it randomly in a set because yolo but now like at any point they could just be like secret layer stupid mechanics and just have like an arcane card and like a hellbent card and just like oh we can do whatever we want like you don't have that like security of while this card is not on the reserve list, this card is hard to reprint. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be anything like as specific as, you know, odd mechanic secret lair. It could just be like ladies looking left secret lair and somebody had really sweet art for your through the breach with a lady looking left. Yeah, I mean... And then all of a sudden it fits now and it doesn't matter what the mechanic is. Yeah, or think about uh, Thoughtseize. We had Thoughtseize and Lorwyn. Yep. Then it was like seven years between Lorwyn and Theros or something. Yeah. a long time. We had Thoughtseize again, and Thoughtseize was just like, when it rotated out, it was just, I'm a $20 card. Forever. Forever. Yep. If not more, depending on like, like what was going on in modern or pioneer when pioneer first started at, at some point. Yeah. And then it was like in a rapid succession. Hey, here's this cool full art puzzle piece thought season. We were all like, Oh man, it's gonna be super expensive. So I like bought mine for like 50 bucks, like a sucker. Yep. And cause like, I think we both thought I was like, this is gonna be a hundred dollar card. Yep. Right. Absolutely. And then like three months later, they're like old border thought season. old border, old art. Yeah, old border, old art, 
Yeah. And it's just like, okay, like, so my full art thought sees that I thought was going to be like really expensive. I think you can buy them for 30 bucks. They buy list for 20. Yikes. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to hold on to that and we're going to see if there's like a, uh, a renaissance yeah. in thought sees prices. Um, <laughs> uh, but like it's so much harder now to feel confident that like I've bought this card that's not on yeah. the reserve list, but it's going to have value because they on one hand, they like hold certain things for like reprint equity, like fetch lands. I know they've right. reprinted them recently, but like their prices are just like going right back up. Cue like the prices right mountain climber music. Right. <laughs> but for the most part, it's just like they could put anything on the list. And I know that the list doesn't like really impact supply, but I think it yeah. like kind of like just it depends a- how long things hang out on the list for like some of the cards that have been on the list for like three or four sets. Um, there's enough of them out there where it is impacting prices. Yeah, but I also think there's also maybe like a mental thing where it's like, it's not like this card's not currently in print. Right. Right, where where it's like, oh, I can open this in a pack. I'm not going to spend $60 for it. Yeah. Right. Now, granted, like, you know, we're bad at statistics and stuff, and like that's probably not the right way to think about it. But, right, like I'm sure that does impact some people. Yeah. Because most Magic game players are secretly degenerate gamblers or or not so secretly degenerate gamblers well i mean they're like almost making us degenerate gamble gamblers with all the different like products oh yeah like it's very much a a question of like i think it is like they want to have so many different versions so that everyone has a reason to open a pack because even if we look at something and go like oh that art's awful someone thinks it's super cool and then you open a pack and you get the art you don't like yeah right and you're like oh man i have to open another pack and hopefully get the art i want and then the other person is like they open their pack and the same thing they're like oh i don't like this art i hope i get the better one next time yeah and i don't know how it is for other stores but at least for our store like trading was kind of dead at least when i was like for a few years yeah, it happens more, well, I mean, everything happens more with the EDH crowd than it does with the regular crowd, because there is no regular crowd anymore. But um, even back when, like, there were normal FNMs, it still happened, like, trading was more common with the EDH guys than the, the competitive yeah. players. Yeah, but, like, it, it's like, they're like, oh, I have a doubling season. I'm like, yeah, I can't play that card. Like, I know right. it's $100, but I can't play that card so it doesn't matter right right it's like not worth a hundred dollars to me because yeah i will never never shuffle it up yeah so it, it was like basically like two weird economies where like the yeah. competitive players like got their cards and held on to them yeah and then the commander people were like wheeling and dealing but like wheeling and dealing and like i don't know commander pesos. cards yeah commander yeah. cards it was like it's like i Loonies would like and toonies. yeah i would like to trade dollars for dollars and they're like can I interest you in Shiba Inu coin? <laughs> Perhaps a few months ago, yes, but right now, no. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just like we've lost the, like, 
it's like just like trade money for cards. Yeah. And maybe like this is leading to some of their better sales. Right? Could like be. if you're fill in the blank vendor, yeah. right? You've got to open a ton more packs to get right the cards you need for your to fill your orders. Mhm. Cuz there's four versions of that card. Someone had the audacity to order four of the same art. Yeah. So Good you, luck. in theory, have to open four times as many packs. And this is if they're all the same rarity. Yeah. Right? And so you're just, like, blowing through packs. Because, like, I don't know. Like, if I'm a person, which, I, let me check. I am. I am a person. <laughs> I don't want, still, I don't want to Haven't been replaced by the robots yet? No, the robots have not uh, replaced me. Have not memory wiped me. Um, <laughs> this is we we don't have a the world's end situation here. <laughs> uh, but like, I don't think it's worth me buying a box anymore. Yeah, like, it's just not. I like I almost don't don't want to do the box openings anymore because like when I went through. We'll talk about what happened this weekend in a little bit. But when I went through to make my order for this weekend, I made my list of cards without looking at what I opened because because the prices were so abysmal in this set. I didn't even look at what I'd opened. I just went through cards I was interested in and made my list. And I spent less to get all of the cards that I wanted plus some specs in foil than I did on a collector booster box and a set booster box. Yeah. It's like, I didn't buy a lot like, uh, of this actual set, but I, uh, did buy, buy some stuff, but yeah, it's just like, it's not, it's just not worth it. Like you're like, it's like a bunch of, a bunch of like 50 cent rares. Yeah. And then, some mythics that should have been rares. Yeah. And then then you're like into the actual like meat of the set. And then you got to be like, do I need a $25 the meat hook massacre that I may never play? Hmm. Well, you were you were doing pretty good if you picked it up for 25 bucks. How much are they now? God, I don't want to know. Do I 40? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, <sighs> And this is another thing that I, we talked about, I think, in between uh, stuff is it used to be that cards that were standard legal had their price driven primarily by their utilization in standard. Right. Followed by their probably followed by like their use in eternal formats mm-hmm. and then commander. Yeah. And it seems like, I guess, because there's been no like standard and modern like sanctioned events really for a long time like yeah. all of the prices are like commander driven well it's almost completely inverted from what it used to be you're yeah. right it used to be standard playability then if it saw play in modern then if it saw play in legacy then if it saw play in edh like that was the hierarchy and now it's almost exactly the opposite it's cards that see play in commander followed by cards that see play in Legacy, believe it or not, <laughs> then cards that see play in Modern, and then, like, Pioneer and Standard. Yeah, just no one... 
it's so weird because like I'm still in the like this card sees no standard play. Why is it three dollars? Mm-hmm. Right, and it's like oh, like the whatever the uh, like the one white white three two flash from AFR that like phased out all the other creature all your other creatures or as many as you wanted. Like I was like oh, it's a spirit like get for a spirit deck. And it's like three fifty, yeah. and I was like, "This card is not a three dollar card." Literally, no one plays it. But if you're playing Commander, right, it is your opponent casts a Wrath, you lose your three two, but keep all your other creatures. Yeah. So it's like wholly on the back of Commander, and like no one has played a Meat Hook Massacre in Standard like at all. Um. Maybe well, not stand. No, it's seeing a little bit of play in the Golgari decks, and it's seeing some play in, well, historic, but that's not really a paper format. Driving paper prices. Yeah, I mean, like, not forty dollars worth of play. Oh no 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 no! Right, like think, a million years ago, Soren. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Solemn Visitor? Yeah, the four drop or Solemn Visitor was a six drop from Shadows. Um, no, I'm trying the the uh, two black white from cons, um, whatever it was called. Yeah, right. It was pre-ordering for maybe like, that was solemn visitor. We were pre-ordering for like twenty bucks mm-hmm. uh, in pre-release, and then we played it at pre-release, and it magically became forty dollars because it was like, oh, this is really good, and it's going to be like a standard all-star yep and uh yeah poor poor sarkin went from like 40 dollars to 20 dollars when i was like oh red is not a sarkon deck check but (laughs) right like those were the kind of things you were used to like when something like would see standard playability it would go go up in price so like it makes it super hard now to kind of like spec on standard yeah being like okay like this vampire rare I think will be good and I can get it for a quarter and it's like, yeah, it could be like in the best deck in the format and it's still going to be like a dollar or like, you know, or 50, yeah, or 50 cents. And it's like, well, I needed to buy like a thousand of them at a quarter to like make it worth my while to sell them, insure them, like only get 70%. So like, oh, they're $2. I get like a buck 40. So like, yeah, I can make like a thousand or $1,500 if I bought a thousand of them. Yeah. But like, that seems like an awful big gamble on a card that could end up being 10 cents because it doesn't have commander playability. Right. So it makes it way harder to be like, I think this card is going to be good in the future. Yeah. Right. So remember, um, I bought like 12 Nissa who shakes the world during pre-release. And <laughs> yep. I was like, this card's ridiculous. This makes no sense. Why did they like print a one-sided mana flare? Right. right. And then it was just consistently like $2. Yeah. For like the entire of it staying standard. I don't think it got above $5. Yeah. And you're like, but, but it is the, it, I know it's a rare, but it is the, like the best card in standard. It like there's what the whole format's built around this and Teferi. And yep. it's like, 
yeah, it doesn't really see play outside of standard, so yeah, no one cares. Yep. And it's like, okay, like, I can't spec on, like, standard rares, especially now, like, if you're like, well, I'm gonna buy this awesome rare, and it's like, okay, which version did you buy? Is that yeah. the version people are gonna want? Is it gonna, so you gotta, like, <laughs> you gotta do the, is it gonna magically see play, play when the next set is pr- printed? Because, you know, they've enabled the archetype. Okay, no. I got that right. Now, did you guess right on the version? Yeah. And, like, did well, that version go up enough for you to actually, like, realize any gains? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, longtime listeners will remember we used to play a game during, yeah. like, preview season. We would, you know, pick a spec, you know, during preview season before anybody played with the cards which is like a whole different can of worms now that arena's here and you get to play early, but we would all pick a spec and like whoever did the best, like, Oh, I, you know, I think this card that's pre-selling for, you know, $2 is going to be worth 10. So I'm, that's going to be my spec. And then, you know, it was kind of bragging rights. Like whoever did the best, like, yeah, congratulations. You won this set. Yeah. And like, that's impossible now. It is. It is. It's like, okay, I think it's this card. And the like D and D monster manual version will be the one that people <laughs> want. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm sure like with the modern horizons too, and like sketch the sketch cards, they were like, people are going to like this. And like every sketch card is worth less than like every other version of the card. Cause no one likes them. Right. So the super rare thing that you should get super hyped that you open is like, Oh, this is the bad version. Nobody and like before we saw the pick before people saw them in their hands, I think there was like, oh, this is kind of neat. Yeah. And then when people saw them, they're like, oh, no, <laughs> it's hard to read. And it doesn't look like the rest of my cards. This is this is bad. I think I think I don't like this. And you're like, oh, well, I guess I guessed wrong because I like couldn't actually see the card. Yeah. Like those in particular were weird, though, because the artworks were like varying levels of doneness yeah like some some of the sketches you could you looked at them and like you could tell what it was and it was really well done and then some of them were rough like real rough like urza saga was one that like you were like oh this is just like mostly done urza saga yeah and then some of them you were like ye and i were they i guess were they actually like what the artist did or like submitted as their like proof of con like this is what i want to do they were supposed to be yeah okay from what i understand okay but and i could see how like you could get very like i don't do nearly as much detail when i do like my rough my rough thing as this other person yeah so yeah it's i am not surprised that midnight hunt had low value because i think going forward like every set's just gonna have low value yeah, that's part of it. Um, I do think that there are maybe a couple reasons why Midnight Hunt in particular has a little bit low value. Okay. Um, number one is it's it's split into two sets. So where you would normally get, you know, a little bit of this archetype, like in a normal Innistrad set, you'd get, you know, pieces for the vampire deck and pieces for the zombie deck and pieces for the werewolf deck and pieces for the spirit deck. And then, you know, maybe some other weird archetype that's enabled. It's kind of bifurcated here. Like 
the really good pieces for vampires I don't think are in this set. So maybe people that want vampires are, you know, shying away from buying the singles from Midnight Hunt. And then, so that's number one is the sets kind of split in two. And I think there's definitely some filler stuff in here that we wouldn't have had if the set wasn't split in two. And then also this was supposed to be the werewolf set and the werewolves didn't show up. (laughs) It is the worst draft archetype by far. Yeah. And like, they're not seeing playing constructed and anybody that was excited about werewolves was kind of instantly let down when they said there wasn't going to be a werewolf commander deck. Yeah, they just dropped the ball all around there. Yeah, so I think that kind of led to a little bit like lack of hype. And then the issue that we were talking about, I forget if it was last week or the week before, with like the adversaries kind of just reading, like they're good cards, they read as good cards, but they're not very exciting mythics to open. Yeah. Like we had mentioned this, I think we, I don't know if we mentioned on the show or the pre-show last week that Mara was like, yeah, we're going to just stick with like 20 mythics going forward. We've been doing 20 mythics because of double face cards, Yeah, but we're just going to have 20 mythics going forward. And like the adversaries feel like they were at 15 Yeah, and they were like, we need to bump up five cards to mythic. Yeah. And they were like, well, these are all the same. Yeah. We can bump these up to Mythic and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, they're powerful, but they don't read they don't read like mythics, if that makes sense. Right. They just yeah. kinda they just kinda read like like we're I'm a rate monster. Thank you. Yeah. The end. And you're like, okay, but could I get <laughs> anything else? No, no, I'm just raw rate. Enjoy. Yeah. I am what I am. I am what I am. I'm a bunch of rate. I hope you like it. It's like, oh, okay. I do, but I kind of wanted more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, like, so I did one of the surveys. I don't know if it was the the one that you couldn't get into. Yeah. Well, there was another one that I saw today. I didn't have a chance to take it, but there was one that came out today also. Okay. I didn't see that. But one of the questions was like, in the last six months, how much magic have you bought? Right. And yeah. it's like packs. And I was like, zero, like draft, draft packs, zero set boosters, zero collector yeah. boosters, zero singles. And I put like 200 and it was like, this is not a valid number. And I was like, is a hundred <laughs> a valid number? Hundreds a valid number. Okay. But it was just like, yeah, like I've stopped directly giving wizards money for, like sealed product yeah it's like why bother so yep and like i guess another thing that could hurt midnight hunt is spoilers for crimson Val start like in two weeks or something yeah and right. we just finished spoilers like right before midnight hunt so i think people are starting to get sick of the perpetual hype also yeah i mean if you were like super interested in this set in like one of the cards, you also have to be like, I am a person with limited means. Right. And there is another set that's coming out and I might be like a six for werewolves, but I'm an eight for vampires. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to like wait for vampires. Yeah. And it's just like, like we can't, 
And then, like, the, whatever, it's Kamigawa is next. Like, isn't that a January release? It is. So so we're doing a set, two months, a set, two months, and a standard legal set. And it's like, yeah, I, I can't buy all of these cards. Well, I mean, we also have the double feature in there also. Oh, yeah. Which is just is is it just like the two Innistrad sets like almost like remastered like smushed together? Yeah, it's not every card from both sets. It is a remaster, but yes, it's just cards from these two sets, from what I understand. Yeah, J- just that we're remastering a set that is currently in print. <laughs> just, yeah. just why? Why are we? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah, but yeah, so. And that's another thing we talked about this last week that I, I don't know how that impacts the singles prices, right? Do you want to, um, like dump money into a bunch of singles from this set to then just have another set release of the same of the same cards within like four months? Yeah, I have no idea. It's like, oh hey, I got my cool rare. It's like, yeah, here's a whole another print run of that cool rare. Rare. It's like, dang it. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess i i guess there are way more of these than when i bought them yeah right? i think the the double feature they're all going to be that black and white treatment though okay so they will be different so, okay yeah they, they will be okay another version another version of your thing yeah so do you want to talk um our our recent buys and sells or this uh mythical what happened this weekend yeah, so Next. we'll talk about this weekend, I think. Okay, hit me. Um, so this weekend, uh, Channel Fireball went online with their new marketplace. And they offered a, I don't remember what the cashback deal was, but they offered like a cashback deal on it. Um, because it's very directly modeled after what TCG Player is doing, um, TCG Player felt the need to come out and come out with a cash back thing so originally i think it was supposed to be just friday evening for the tcg player cash back but so it was more than what they normally do it was like 15 percent instead of five or ten percent yeah and the site crashed and people couldn't place orders and orders were getting messed up so they extended it through noon on saturday um, that's when I sent you the message saying, Hey, you might want to check this out. Cause it was like extended a, this sale. Yeah. I saw it at like 11 and I was like, well, I've been waiting to buy some stuff. I guess I should take my 15% discount. Yeah. Um, so when I had heard about the like additional, when they extended the time for it, I had read about it before I got the email. I read about it on Reddit and in one of the finance sections of magic finance sections of reddit there were people talking about how um like how the sale was going because a lot of the people that are in that particular subreddit are sellers not just buyers and a lot of people were saying you know i haven't really seen any more traffic in my online store than i would see like during a normal you know this close to release or whatever and then it was strange because the people that 
like they were obviously looking at the metrics of I'm not selling any more cards from these new sets, right? Yeah. Like I, I went through all the effort of putting all this new stuff on the website and my numbers are maybe a little bit higher, but pretty flat from where they were last time we had a set release. Then a whole bunch of um, like financers started chiming in saying that they, when the sale went live, they had between 20 and $40,000 worth of magic cards in their cart. And when the sale went live, they clicked buy because Holy normally, God. yeah. So normally, I guess these sales have like a two hundred dollar cap on them. And this one didn't. This one didn't. Holy! So there God. were people buying out like graded power and shit <laughs> at a fifteen percent rebate. <laughs> um, I wish that. I just had the capital to yeah. be like, you know what I want to do? I want to spend $40 on magic cards and like not then lose sleep. Right. Cause I feel like <laughs> I would just be like, ah, ah, ah. cause like, Oh, what, well, what, what if my house burns down? Oh, what, what if my roof gets blown off? Like, what? Yeah. well, and- I, I mean, I imagine like some of them are, you know, the, the evil investor, yeah, but I imagine some of them are also stores looking to procure new inventory. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Like, like TCG players are like their prices are pretty competitive. They're definitely competitive with like your other, you know, Star City Games, uh, yeah. Card Kingdom, whatever. Like TCG player always has them beat, but they're also pretty close to like some buy list prices in a lot of circumstances. So like if you're a store looking for inventory, like if you have a customer, you know, is looking for a card, um, you know, you're not completely outside, like blowing all your profit by ordering something off of TCG player and then selling it to your customer. Yeah. Now, if you can do that with 15% on top of it on a big ticket item, like, um, I don't know, a Gaia's cradle. You know, instead of, you know, paying $1,200 for a Gaia's Cradle, you're buying it for, I don't know, 800 bucks, 900 bucks, whatever. And then you get 300 bucks profit for like almost no effort. Yeah. You buy, you buy it for 1,020. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense. Like if you are like a store and like what happens, right? A lot of times is stores now a lot of times basically their price is like tcg like whatever mid or mm-hmm. whatever it used to be right yeah. so right if you're buying your guy's cradle from like the cheapest seller who's like below like the average sale price mm-hmm. and then you're getting 15 percent on top of that then yeah that yeah. makes sense that makes sense yeah. if you yeah i could see where like cards from the new set aren't moving but like a bunch of like old stuff is yeah. and i don't know if you know this i was i was selling cards and so i was on the star city website mm-hmm. they had a 10 percent off store-wide or 10 oh, really? cashback yeah oh i didn't know that yeah so they also were running a sale uh saturday yeah. saturday evening it was up so like i think mm-hmm. their weekly sale was just 10 percent off store-wide Wow. So they were also tra- 
to undercut get CFB. in on the the Black Friday of Magic singles. Yeah, they just like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to make sure people don't go to the CFB site. Yeah. So that's that's interesting, but yeah, yeah, like I can see like you know a a business like getting getting uh, uh whatever inventory, but it just. Yeah. It just sounds insane. Oh, yeah, I had a $40,000 cart full of magic cards. It's like... <gasps> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not just magic cards, though. Like, you, you can buy sealed product. Oh, yeah. Fair. So, you know, if you're looking to buy uh, boxes... Like, if you got a group of guys that wants to draft cons, like, maybe maybe you get 15% off a case of cons. Yeah. And, you know, then you pedal it out as packs or whatever like you're doing pretty good at that point i think yeah yeah no, so. you're, you're right like but it is funny it's just like it's like all the yeah. old cards it's like yeah, yeah you know what you know I, I i guess i need another dual land so, so yeah. fine yeah i mean yeah. it would have been a good time to pick up an underground c for you know a hundred dollar rebate yeah and then just like cool and sit on this for a bit uh yeah yeah, so there, there's one wild. more thing that kind of goes hand in hand with this. And I don't I don't know if you caught it. I sent it to you in that message. But when I was building my order for this set, mm-hmm. there was already a ton of stuff that there were no copies available. Yeah, no, I you, you had said that the stuff that I like put in my cart, which yeah. was most of my stuff was older stuff that I that I bought. But yeah. the stuff that I bought there, I didn't notice that. But uh, there were a few things that I like tried to buy, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't have, um, we don't have any of those like from TCG Direct. Like yeah. these are gone." Or like I tried to buy four of something, and when I hit like buy, they're like, "You get two. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, I guess I get two. Like that's that's fine. I will, yeah. I will allow it." Yeah. But yeah, the it. It was it was a good deal. I'm glad I checked that uh that that uh message because I had mm-hmm. no idea. I had I had totally missed that this was happening. Oh, oh, I thought you knew. I thought we talked about it. I don't. If we did, I totally zoned out on it. Like when you sent me that message, I was like, huh. Oh, I was like, I, was I apologize. Like, I should have been a better uh, better friend, better co-host. <laughs> that's, that's fine. I, I I well, we can mention it now. I got in on it. Apparently, PayPal took your money, but TCG didn't process your order. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a little little worried about that. I when we were going through the pre-show, um, I wanted to bring up my orders so I could talk about what I ordered and you know my little bit of my process. Um, we'll, we'll take another quick segue here. Um, I buy like there. I have specific things that I look for when I go through like my list and like, I buy a bunch of like specs and cards that I think might see play like of all rarities, not just the mythics and rares. I buy a lot of, you know, commons or uncommons that I think are unique and, you know, maybe fun to play or have like a cool frame treatment or whatever that, you know, might go up from the 20 cents that I paid to, you know, maybe a dollar or two. So I got a bunch of that stuff in my cart. Um, but I went to go through and see my order so I could look at it, and when I clicked to go to TCG Player, it was still in my cart. And I know, 
I know I cashed out and I'm like, I didn't, haven't gone back to check, but I'm like 99% positive that PayPal sent me an email confirming my purchase. And uh, yeah, all the cards are still, well, what's left is still on my cart. My cart's been pretty decimated. <laughs> yeah. And then when I clicked on my orders, I don't have any orders. That is no good. Yeah, no not good. good. So like I, I do the same thing. I probably did not buy as aggressively as I should have on some of the specs, but like, like I look at things that have are like strictly better, right? Mm-hmm. Which they seem to print like every set now, yeah. Right, so like, fading hope, yeah. Right, like it is a strictly better unsummon, yep. If there is a deck that wants unsummon, it will just play fading hope because it's better, right? Right, so it's like oh, like I got eight. Like, four for me and four if something wild happens. Same with, like, um, Play With Fire, right? Yeah. The Strictly Better Shock. And don't be like, oh, well, what if you took a damage from half and Scry? Shut up. It's Strictly Better Than Shock. Yeah. Right? It has no real downside. Right. I bought eight for, at, like, 31 cents a piece. Again, I'm not, like, trying to corner the market on them. Right? Mm-hmm. It's an uncommon... But, like, again, I have four for me and four for, uh, do you remember what happened with Wild Slash? I do. Like, Wild Slash was, like, a $5 card because it was the strictly better shock. Yep. And uh, when Pioneer first happened. So, like, there's a chance that, like, in a year if, like, they, like, if Pioneer comes back that, like, play with fire being the strictly better shock goes up in value. Mm-hmm. Right in a, in a few years, so it's like ha, have a few of those laying around. Yep. It's so, also I, I know one of the things that I look out for. Not that you know this is applicable to everybody, but if there's something that I think is going to be you know fall into that circumstance where it's going to be a desirable card, um, it's going to go up in value, especially for like a common or uncommon or whatever. I'll normally buy like three or four play sets instead of just two. Yeah. That way, like if anybody that I'm traveling with to go to an event needs them, like I don't have to worry about making, you know, making my spec also taking care of a buddy and, you know, the play set that I'm using. Yeah. If only we'd have done that with Aether Gust. I know, right? <laughs> or Veil of Summer. God, yeah, we could have just made so much money at that at GP Oko. Yeah. Um, and then like, you know, like I got some, like, I got like brutal, I bought four brutal cathars. It's like that card has like traditionally, that kind of card has traditionally been playable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, like if Fairgrounds Warden is a card that's going to get played in the, in a format for some reason, this yeah. has a better creature type and, you know, slight upside. So sure. Yeah. Or the another like card that, it's not strictly better. It's just strictly weird. Is cathartic pyre? Yes. Right. Like I only bought eight. I can probably probably go buy more. But it's like, oh hey, we've never had split card like, uh, basically tormenting voice. Mm-hmm. A little bit worse than tormenting voice, but also is just like, you know, deal three to a creature or planeswalker. Yeah. Right. It's like it's a dual duty. Yeah, we've never had like. A braid has seen a ton of play for like I kill a creature and I kill artifacts. This is like, 
hey, I'm your, like, discard outlet in, like, your reanimator deck. And I also happen to kill the stupid void walker that makes it so you can't do anything. That's right. And you're like, oh, I've never had this option before. Yeah. And so, like, those kind of cards, we're like, oh, this is, this is a card that kind of does multiple things, and we've seen this kind of card, like, be playable. Be good. Yeah. yeah. Be playable in, like, it's a card that in, you know, 10 years, right, if they haven't printed one that has three modes, right? Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in 10 years is a card that's still going to, like, Questing pop up. Questing Pyre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's got it's got three heads and like extra abilities, uh, but like it's a card that's still gonna see play. Like think about like wear tear, yeah. Like wear tear has been around forever, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, like this is just a card that's kind of almost always going to see play. Yep, I agree. Right, and so this is the same kind of card. Yeah, and w- then one of the ones that I specced on was a uh, bloodline culling. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That's the neg five, neg five, or neg two, neg two. To creature tokens. Yeah. Um, like, that's a reasonable removal spell. And the the full art, their extended art foils, were 80 cents. Yeah. Like, that's just, like, almost a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, And then, like, so... Uh, they they only had two because they were they were sold out. With it. They were low by the time I got them. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Sun Gold Sentinel, the yeah. one in the white three two that like yeah. comes in and exiles a exiles a card from a graveyard and exiles something when it attacks. Mm-hmm. It's like this is it's a human. So if there's ever like a tribal human deck, you just happen to have your like graveyard hate on a three two, right, right, and. So it's right, like the problem with like a lot of hate cards sometimes is like they do the hate card thing, but like they don't provide a clock. Yeah. So you don't ever like your opponents never under pressure. So they have time to find their answer. Like this is like I'm going to eat the thing you discarded on turn one. And then I'm going to be a clock and end the game really quick before you have a chance to draw your cathartic pyre to kill me. Right. Or, you know, just make you do extra work. It's not perfect graveyard hate, but it's a card that like we'll probably see play at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. There will be a point where there's a human's deck that needs graveyard hate and is like, I can't I can't play rest in peace because I also play collected company or something. Yeah. And it's like, yo, oh, this kind of does that job. Same with, like, again, I didn't buy a bunch of them. This was on the pricier end. Uh, Malevolent Hermit, pricier end, $1.32. <laughs> right? Yeah, I didn't pick... That's not a James card. I didn't pick up any of them. That is not a James card, but it is a card that uh, is apparently a problem in standard in that, hmm. like, it counters your opponent's, like, um, epiphany. And then you flip it, and then your opponent can't counter your epiphany. True. And so, like, we had talked about, like, is this just, like, secretly a way to, like, force through combo turns? Yeah. Right? It's like a 2-2 Teferi. Yeesh. And it very well could be, where you're just like, yep, I guess mm-hmm. I'm free. I'm cleared for takeoff now. Like, I countered yep. your thing on the front on the front side, and now I'm just cleared to, like, get there. It's like, oh, God. Yeah. And then apparently I did the thing that uh, 
other people did, which I was like, I need Uros. So the uh, like set Uros mm-hmm. are fourteen dollars. Yeah, and then I want some thought seizes. The Time Spiral Remastered Old Border Thought Seizes. Uh, twenty bucks. Yeah, that's that's a no brainer. Yeah, Time Spiral Remastered. Like I keep, I like looked and looked. I'm like, this is the old border, and I'm like, this really looks like the old border. So we're getting it. Like this doesn't seem right, but it's right. So, uh, yeah, but like that thought sees if I told you when it was first spoiled that it was going to be twenty bucks, like for the old border. Yeah, yeah. Six months out, you would be like, no, 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 it won't. Yeah, no way. And it's like, no, it's twenty bucks because. There's like a million versions of Thoughtseize now. Yeah. And, right. Also, I think that more of that set was open than people were expecting. Yeah. But there's also like, you know, it's like, okay, like, it, you're, it can't be too much more expensive than like a Theros Thoughtseize because then people are just going to buy the Theros Thoughtseizes. Yeah. And just be like, all right, well, I'm not going to spend all that money on that. Right. So there's kind of almost like a cap because there's so much. Mm hmm. It's also uh, not an EDH card. It is not. It is not a card that you can that apparently works at EDH. I'm going to one for one one of you. <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. Like, no. Oh. So, the other thing that I did this weekend was I started the process of divesting myself of foils. Ah, <sighs> sad day. Sad day. Now, I have too many. Fo- I've had too many foils. Yeah, and I got rid of a bunch of stuff, and I'm not going to go through all of it. But, um, the and I didn't even get rid of all the good stuff, and I got rid of some yeah, that's random. That's what you were saying. Yeah, and I got rid of some random uncommons. So, like, I had Bontu's monuments. Yeah. How much is a Bantu's monument? Oh, I have no idea. It's three dollars. Holy for the, moly! For the buy list for a Bantu's monument from Amonkhet, I got rid of. Uh, where's he at? Um, Pitiless plunderers. Oh yeah, they were eight bucks a piece. That's insane for an uncommon. I was like, why didn't I draft more of these? Um. So, I, like, just ditched a bunch of stuff that, like, some of you may remember my ill-fated, like, let's foil out some Pioneer decks, only Mm -hmm. to have them banned. Uh, You know, so a lot of that stuff went away. Or, like, I bought some things thinking it would be cool to have, and now it's just, like, it. I I don't care that much. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even go through all of the like super good stuff, but yeah, you didn't you didn't do much of your um, depths, right? And that was I, that was gonna be your big. Uh, I did. I like did your big project. I did none of depths. I had like yeah. stuff from like blue black inverter, mm-hmm. and I had uh, I had like gone around to the GP like a like a fool and was like I'm gonna make foil like god pharaoh's gift because that deck was awesome deck was not good in pioneer but like 
the Spire Bluff canals. I think I spent like ten or fifteen dollars on the foils. Yeah, I sold them for twenty two. Nice. Um, but my plan was to like cobble together a bunch of store credit, so then I could like buy like rebuy all the stuff I need to make sure I have like a full copy of Depths. Mm-hmm. And then sell all the foil depth stuff and then start like getting cash. Because yeah. like we said, like so like cool, I have a you know, I had I don't know, pick a thing. I had Ixalon foil drowned catacombs. Yeah. And they were seven bucks a piece. Which I probably paid around that for them, right? Mm-hmm. Or hopefully close. And it's like what stops them from doing like secret layer awesome checklands right or like printing like something that is better than the checklands and you're just like oh i guess this card now has no value yeah like the lands they just printed are yeah, kind of like, just better than checklands kind of like checklands can be untapped on turn two yeah where these can't be but like it's close but you these you can play alongside like things without basic land types. Yeah, which is important for like pioneer. Yes, very true. Um, but like it just ended up being a lot of stuff that I was like, I don't need this stuff anymore. Also, like, don't be afraid. Like, I have just gone through and like, like gone to different sites. Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of like goldfish. And just, like, mm-hmm. they'll have, like, the most, like, the most expensive cards for a set. Like, everything that's, like, over a dollar or, like, over 50 yeah. cents or something. And just scrolled through and looked for, like, anything that was, like, triple digits. Like, you know, yeah, a dollar, 1.00. And just, like, how many random uncommons that I have from drafting fill-in-the-blank set right. are $2.00. I'm just going to More get than rid you of think. those. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to get rid of those. Like, Pitiless Plunder is being $8. Like, I'm not going to play the Pitiless Plunderer deck. That's I'm... a EDH staple. Yeah, it also, you can also combo kill your opponent in Modern with it. Yeah, and Historic, right? Yeah, with Yogmoth. Yeah. So, I dumped. I got rid of two expeditions, but other than that, most everything was like 20 bucks and under. Yeah. And I got $1,100 in store credit. Now, nice. Depending on grading. So it'll go down a little bit, I'm sure. Yeah. And so I sent myself to Card Kingdom. I know their prices are a little bit more on the front end, but looking yeah, but at. They have the best buy list too, though. Yeah. Like on average, I would say when I looked at them and Star City, they were typically double Star City's price. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I know the price of their cards isn't double Star City's price. Right. So, like, this makes... So I looked at Star City. I looked at um, Card Kingdom. I looked at uh, Cape Fear Mm -hmm. uh, for some more high-end stuff that I was like, do I want to, like, send this across the country? (laughs) And based on the difference in price, we do. We do. Yeah. Because uh, it's like some stuff that like Carking was like, I'll give you three hundred and fifty dollars for that lotus petal, 
and other places were like, I'll give you 200. And I'm like, 350 is significantly more than. Yeah, it is much better. 200. So I will, I will send it. Now I did with this, I did, um, like I paid for the insurance. Yeah. Right. It you was, said it was like a thousand dollars worth of cards, right? Yeah. So it was like eighteen dollars in insurance. So yes, that does eat in a little bit, but I would rather, you know, absolutely had the tracking and someone has to sign for it when it gets to Card Kingdom. Yeah. Just to be like, yep, it is there. Yep. But like even dumb stuff like Sphinx's tutelage. If you play during Magic Origins, that card's a dollar thirty. Mm-hmm. Magic Origins Elemental Bond, seventy-five cents. Wow. Uh, rat colonies are 50 cents a piece from Dominaria. <laughs> How many of them you send off? 11. Yeah. Yeah. I did not ever draft the rat colony deck in Dominaria. There are way sweeter things to do. Yeah. But I had some. Mm-hmm. Right. What about uh, persistent petitioners? I don't think I had any of those. Oh, really? Uh, Did I get... I'll have to look. I don't know how many I have. I don't think I have a ton, but I might. And that's a card I should probably check because I bought uh, I bought a collection of like uh, one of the drafters from the store, so I have a bunch of commons and uncommons. Yeah, I should go through and look for those. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure there are a couple bucks. Yeah. Um. I guess pro tip. I guess if it's not even like I don't think that anyone plays like uh, the dwarves or whatever. Seven dwarves. Seven dwarves. Because you can only you can have up to seven of them, right? Yeah, you Isn't can it? only have seven. But any card that they're like, you can have any number in your deck are just stupid expensive. The uh, dragons approach? Yeah. Um, somebody had just posted up in Discord that that was like a $3 card. Uh-huh. Uh, what is, there's like Shadow something Apostle. Yeah, Shadowborn Apostle. Yeah, those are like $5, aren't they? Uh, maybe might more. even be more than that. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a ton because like, uh, there's someone who's like, I want to play an EDH deck it. I need 99. Yeah. I need, yeah. I need 99 Shadowborn apostles <laughs> there. Uh, market price is $5. Yeah. So, uh, I probably should have got in on the ground floor of, uh, dragons approaches. Yeah. Right, like I think all those cards just end up going up in value because you can never like satisfy the the demand because mm-hmm. because there's always someone who wants like seven people's worth of them. Right, like you said, I want thirty, and it's yep. like cool. That's what seven people would normally have, and you have to find <laughs> seven people who want this like questionable card. But yep. no, I found one person. <laughs> He wants seven. Take them all. (laughs) Take them all, please. But, uh, yeah. So go through your stuff. Like I'm going to use this to like kind of free up some more stuff. And then if I have like extra money left over, like get a reserve list card or two. Mm -hmm. Oh, did you see the, uh, the blogatog post about the reserve list never going away? So you should get over it. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I honestly feel like that's the only, like, relatively, like, safe place to, like, put... If you if you are, like, you know, a dirty investor. Right. Or you want to be, like, investor adjacent. Or if you just want to, like, 
buy cards and like play them, but know that you're not going to get, get hosed by a secret layer. Mm-hmm. I think that unfortunately, you know, yeah. It, I mean, it's hard. It's hard for somebody to get into now. It is. It's like, so f- it was different whack. when you and I were buying into legacy. I mean, it was still expensive then, but it's nothing like it is now. So I just wanted to circle back to where we kind of started this episode where we talked about like not buying sealed stuff, like not opening packs, just buying your singles. Yeah. I, I stand by that and you should definitely buy singles. It is way more cost effective. Um, I proved it this weekend. Like I said, (laughs) I opened a box of, uh, collector boosters and a box of set boosters and what I spent for every single card that I wanted out of the set, mostly in foil with some specs, a bunch of specs, um, cost me less than I paid for those two boxes. So definitely just buy singles. But like, there is still reason to buy sealed product also, um, just not for like playing with. Um, I still think that you know if you want to sit on some sealed product, for kind of like a long-term investment like i still think that's reasonable um i don't know time will tell what the correct box is to buy i don't know if it's set boosters or draft boosters i would kind of lean towards draft boosters because like the act of drafting has some value and you can't ever like put the cards back in the boosters and seal the box back up you can only like that only goes one direction so over time like if people really like to draft i don't know uh, zendikar rising like there's only so many drafts are going to be left in the world at some point you know what i mean so i think that has some value so plus you get the value of the cards out of it so if zendikar rising has you know 10 years down the road we go back to zendikar and you know, some of the mechanics that we revisit, um, like play off of the old cards, the value of those cards goes up, the value of the box goes up, plus the fact that, you know, you get to draft it. Um, I think there is like some monetary reason to hang on to sealed product, if that's your thing. Um, I try to keep a little bit of sealed product around as kind of like a, I don't know, like a mutual fund kind of thing where it's like, the best hits from a set, you get to buy a little bit of the set where you're not putting all your money into like a single card. Yeah. Um, and also it's like perfectly acceptable to draft. Like you, you're getting an entertainment value out of cracking those packs. You get to play, you know, magic for the night with your friends. And I think that's fine. Like, don't, don't let me dissuade you from drafting just because, you know, buying singles is a better investment. I still think drafting is a perfectly acceptable way to have fun with magic cards and open sealed product. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting here thinking, I was like, you know, like for those of you who haven't played like cons, I mm-hmm. think it's safe to say that cons and like just original, like cons of Tarkir yep. and Dominaria are probably the two yep. best draft formats we've played. Yeah. Dominaria was awesome right but those are like two of the like all-time like greats i think yeah right and 
those sets have way more value than like their boxes have more value than like a, an analogous set because of their their draft value on top of the uh the cards inside the cards inside like i would like you know safety and whatnot like i would go draft cons like yeah this weekend so it was like hey there's a cons draft I'd be like, oh okay like that was a good set i will be taking all of the fixing and hope that there's a secret <laughs> plans and yeah. we will we will have a grand old time yeah. uh, i think uh dominaria like the prices of dominaria boxes went up while it was still legal and standard yeah because it was just such a good draft format yeah it went out of print like you know during its normal life cycle it didn't go out of print early or anything but while the cards were still legal and standard like the price of a box was higher than msrp yeah um also random thought we were talking about uh uh whatever zendikar right zendikar rising mm -hmm. imagine like if you will that they move the party mechanic to <gasps> The Dungeons and Dragons set? Mm hmm Like, wouldn't that have made way more sense than we would have got, like, allies? It would have, yeah. Right? Like, I do feel like they, like, kind of, like, fell backwards in the D&D set. Yeah. They were like, hey, this whole Zendikar thing is mostly done. And they were like, we're going to do a Dungeons and Dragons set. But I thought this was the Dungeons and Dragons set for magic. Well, so there was an article... And I think that's what they said was they had Zendikar all designed and then like at the last minute decided that they they were doing uh, Forgotten Realms as a standard legal release. And they had tried to move party, but it was too late to move it. Gotcha. I just like I just think about that. I'm like, ah, it would have made yeah. so much more sense. Like Zendikar could have felt more Zendikar. Yeah. And then and I think they tried splitting the party cards, too, but they couldn't do it. Like they, they didn't work. have time. Well, they didn't have time to balance it, I think. Yeah. Fair. All right. With that little aside, I think we have a show. Yeah, I think we got a show. So if you want to tell us about how you've got laser eyes and diamond hands with all of your magic cards, you can tweet <laughs> at us at Casual Tripod. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Facebook's back up now. My phone just blew up with 100 uh, messenger alerts. So Okay. Uh if that's your uh, social media of choice, you can also find us there, Casual Tryhard MTG on Facebook. You can always drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. And if there's any specs that you're looking for, if we've got you in the finance frame of mind, uh, please use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Follow that link, sign in like normal. Anything you purchase, we'll get a small cut of to help keep the show going. If the, there's people out there that want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Patrons get our pre-show, just kind of us rambling a little bit, catching up. Uh, once in a while, there's some, some hidden gems in there. So if you want access to that, hit us up on Patreon. You also get early access to our show notes, so you know what we're going to be talking about the next week. And I throw givebacks out once in a while. Um, I think the next round is going to be coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, if, you're interest if any of that sounds appealing to you, throw a couple bucks in there and join the club. 
Uh, speaking of joining the club, we have our Discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media. Hop on in there, ask questions, talk to other listeners, get deck advice. Let us know what your specs are. Ask our opinions. Yeah, we, we may give us have show some. ideas. <laughs> I am hoping. Uh, I've already started working on my historic artisan deck for for midweek magic. Whenever that happens, so I All put right. up my standard uh, my standard artisan deck. Yeah, and uh, maybe I'll try to get that one up a little bit earlier. No playtesting, yeah. but I'm guessing Delver is good still. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. All right, so with that, we will catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets. <laughs>